What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of TOJ Live. I am one of your hosts, Stephen Russo. I'm not even going to call it a first and 10 this week. I'm going to call it a uh, first and forever because that's really what it feels like every time the Jets get the football. Um, it's Tuesday morning as I record this. I'm glad I gave myself a day to uh, kind of let it sink in and, and resonate for a little bit because I was uh, I was in a bad way again on, on Sunday night immediately after the game and then all day yesterday. But <clears throat> I'm not even, again, I'm not going to go through a first and 10. I'm just going to kind of give my overarching thoughts just really on the state of the Jets and their offense and, and really everything that's going on. You know, I'm uh, any of you guys that follow me on Twitter or are listeners to this show, I'm really a huge fan of, of Robert Sala. I think the job that he's done this year is, uh, is it's really something that he deserves a lot of credit for, keeping this locker room together, keeping these guys motivated after what happened, four plays in. However, he's starting to test my patience a little bit with um, really the lack of accountability on offense and just some of the comments. I mean, you, you hear, you know, before the game, the race to 20. You just can't have that mentality. That's a loser's mentality. I mean, it can't be that. Yeah, your defense is is next level good. And and in reality, you know, every Jets fan out there knows that if they can get to 20 points and chances are they're going to win. But for you to have ment- that mentality as the head coach, it's, it's problematic. And when you say things like, you know, I still believe in this offense and when it clicks, it's going to be really special. But then at the same time, you're saying it's a race to 20 in a game against the Raiders on Sunday night football. You're, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. And I'm really just, I'm getting, I'm, I'm honestly just getting tired of it. You're, you're, it's the literal definition of insanity. You're not making any drastic changes to the, to the offense, to the play callers, to the personnel, to the quarterback. And you're really just expecting things to be different by doing the same things over and over again. That is the literal definition of insanity. I, I still believe in Salah. I think he deserves time. I think, you know, Joe Douglas and Robert Salah are going to get next year anyways, just because of the of the Aaron Rodgers injury. And and rightfully so. I don't think it's time to pull the plug on him, but it is time to be objective and realistic to say that he's a defensive-minded coach and he's coaching the hell out of the defense along with Jeff Ulbrich. But on the offensive side of the football, we've been seeing this team struggle for three years and it's not good. And um Something needs to change. Some things need to change. So I know he said in his press conference that he's looking to make some some changes and he'll keep that to himself. Well, you know, I hope that some of that stuff is coming down the pike. The easy things to look at, I would say, are you get CJ Uzama the hell out of there. He should be tight end three um, at best. And honestly, you need to get Ruckert in there more and obviously continue to play Conklin. But on blocking downs, Ruckert's got to be the guy. CJ Uzama, two costly penalties um, that that absolutely killed the Jets on Sunday night. The other that you'd look at is benching Michael Carter. Michael Carter, now questionable chop block. Was that guy really engaged with Mekhi Becton? But either way, you got to know in that situation, you can't do that. And really, is Michael Carter offering you anything that Izzy Abanacanda can't? And I, I don't think the answer is yes. He's he's really, at this point, like he had a great rookie season. He had a subpar second season. At this point, what he brings to the table is a whole lot less than whatever Izzy can bring to the table. And at this point, the Jets offense needs playmakers because outside of Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, you have nothing. So the changes, you know, do they make a switch at play caller? I don't know. Um, Again, I'd be okay to change anything. I think when you look at these things, you have to look from a macro view. Do I think that Zach Wilson was the problem on Sunday night? No, I don't. I think the penalties and the coaching and the lack of uh, offensive rhythm, you know, both from the offense, from the players and from the play caller were not there. 
Um, and those are the reasons that the Jets couldn't get anything going on offense. But from a macro level, you have to look at Zach Wilson-led offenses. And, and in reality, this team just – they clearly struggle to score touchdowns. But in totality, the best games that have been played by the Jets offense over the three two and a half seasons that Zach Wilson's been the quarterback have been games that have been quarterbacked by other people, by Mike White, by Joe Flacco, by Josh Johnson. He got yanked for Chris Strebler last year. Again, I like Zach Wilson, the guy, and I like all these guys. I like Zach Wilson, the guy. I like C.J. Uzama, the guy. I like Michael Carter, the guy. I think they're, you know, they're good locker room guys, and I get it. But at the same time, there's got to be some accountability on the field. And while Zach Wilson wasn't the reason, the only reason that the Jets didn't score a touchdown on Sunday night, he's part of it. And in totality, from a macro level, he probably shares the biggest piece of the pie when you break down that responsibility. It's just – it's – incredibly frustrated we haven't been able to have fun as Jets fans watching an offense for three years now more than that when you when you factor in the Gase years and the the bar to clear is so low for us and it's like we don't even realize it and it's getting it's comical Robert Sala had the lowest bar to clear coming in here all he had to do was not be Adam Gase and he was immediately incredible in our eyes i thought the same thing i still do and now like we're it's almost like the jets coaching staff and the jets fans are clinging to this hope that in reality the jets offense is what it was and zach wilson is what he was for two and a half quarters against the chiefs on sunday night football on october 1st and they're disregarding and throwing everything else out the window, just clinging to the hope that that's truly what it is. When in reality, that team scored 20 points and lost by three because of a crucial fumble and a big spot on Zach Wilson. Now, you can argue, I'll argue that the refs handed Kansas City that game, like that ball should have come back to the Jets, that pick should have happened, that wasn't a, you know, that wasn't, um, holding on sauce Gardner, there was holding on Jermaine Johnson, like all that stuff. But at the end of the day, that was like our big offensive performance. And that team scored 20 points, 20 points, two touchdowns. I it's, I I don't know what else to say, but something's got to give. There's no magic elixir. There's nothing that's going to happen. There's no guy they can sign up the street. There's no trades they can make. The trade deadline's gone. You you have what you have. So you got to work within the structure of what you have. But they have to make some sort of changes because right now it's simply not working. You cannot, cannot go 30-plus quarters without scoring a touchdown in today's NFL. It's 2023. The NFL is built for offenses. Everything is built to see points scored, and the Jets simply can't get it done. They've scored 22 points against Buffalo, six of which were on a punt return, 10 points against Dallas, 10 points against New England. 20 against Kansas City, 31 against Denver, seven of which were from the defense, nine of which were from the defense. I forgot about the safety from Al Woods. So that's 23 points by the offense. I think one touchdown and how many field goals is that? Four field goals, five field goals, if I can remember correctly. Philadelphia, you get 20 points, but one of them was a given touchdown by the by the Philadelphia defense because they wanted to let Brees Hall score so they can get a chance to score back. The Giants, they get one touchdown, a Brees Hall miracle play. The Chargers, they get six. And the Vegas, the, the Vegas Raiders, they get 12. It's it's laughable. It's, it's so painful to watch this team. And 
I don't, I truly don't know what else to say. And I, again, and Salah continues to go up there. And, and this is the frustrating part. And I tweeted this out yesterday. You know, the beautiful thing about being a fan is that you really do. You, you invest in something that you have absolutely no control over. It's, it's good for the soul. It's good for you. It's, 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 it's good to, to believe in something that is beyond and beyond your control and out of your hands. That also ends up being the frustrating part is that you actually have no control over it. I feel for 38 years, like I've worked my ass off being a Jets fan. I know all of you guys out there that are listening and tune in every week and listen to Joe and Will and Connor and, and, and everybody. You guys all feel the same way. It is work being a fan. It is, a, it is a lot of work, and you feel like you've invested you know, in this team uh, your, your time, your money. You put so much into it. It's, it's, it's you know, it gets your heart going, right? It's, it's a lot. And, but the frustrating part is that you invest so much, and you have no control and no say over the outcome of the game. Robert Sala has control. Robert Sala and this coaching staff, they, they have an impact. They're the coaches. Yet he continues to act like, there's nothing he can do about it. Well, we got to try to clean things up with the penalties. Well, no shit. You do something about it. Have some accountability. If Uzama gets for, gets called for another hold, yank him off the field. If Michael Carter can't get out of his own way and not chop block or not do anything on offense, pull him off the field. Activate Izzy. If Al Lazard continues to run lazy routes and drop balls, get him out. Activate Brownlee. You've got to do something. This is, it, it's, it's, it's beyond like anything that any regular brand can comprehend that the simple answers are right there in front of them. And they seem to just want to continue to hope for the best. It's like Jets fans say in jest that the Jets offensive game plan is to get the ball to Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall and hope that they do something miraculous and pull off a touchdown. And it's like, we say that jokingly, but I think that's really their offensive game plan. It's so crazy to me that in today's NFL, with coaches that have been in the league for so long, they can't figure this out. I mean, the Jets' defense is insanely good. They are a championship-caliber defense, and that's why it's so frustrating that this offense is underperforming the way that it is. But in reality... The offenses that are going against the Jets defense, they're playing knowing that at some point they're going to just stumble into a touchdown because the law of averages says you will. And that's exactly what the Raiders did. The Raiders realized that if you continue to throw the ball, that the Jets defensive line is too good. They're going to continue to pin their ears back and they're going to eat Aiden O'Connell alive. And that's what happened. So what did they do? They started running the ball with Josh Jacobs. Now, would they get, I mean, they got one big run and, you know, listen, you can't eat the Jets defense's lunch for that. They get one big run, but the rest of it is Josh Jacobs for three, Josh Jacobs for four, Josh Jacobs for three. Is that enough to get first downs? Yes, it is. And they figure it out and they stumble into a touchdown and one touchdown is enough to win the game against this Jets offense. And the Jets offense is so bad that against a Raider defense that everyone was saying, can't stop the run 150 yards per game to, you know, to running backs and the jets can't score a touchdown. They scored 12 points. Can't get in the end zone. It's the only word I have for it is infuriating. That's just what it is. It makes being a fan of this team hard. You look forward to Sundays, you look forward to Mondays, whenever they're playing and, and, and they just, they continue to let you down. And I, I really don't know. I hate to be like this. I hate to be so pessimistic, but man, it is hard to go that long without scoring a touchdown to really just, to just beg 
to be, you know, just slightly below average on offense. Average score and uh, offensive scores um, for this year, I think, are 21.8. Jets fans are clamoring for 17. Just get us to 17. Get us to 20. Score two touchdowns, one touchdown a half. That's all we want. We haven't cheered. Haven't cheered in 30-plus drives, whatever it was. I think I misspoke earlier. I said 33 quarters. I meant 33 drives. It, whatever it is, 30-plus drives. It's just uh, – Wow. I don't know. I mean, when you look at the, the, you know, the drives in the first half and the early part of the second half, the, the killers, the penalty, the, the penalties that just kill you and the Jets can't overcome it. They're just not good enough to overcome it. They're not good enough to battle these things and press on when 30, 31 teams in the league are maybe 30 because the Giants are pretty bad offensively too, but it's, you know, it's, it's, they can't overcome it. One penalty sets them back, and it's like it's done. And every Jets fan, the second that Zach Wilson stepped out and or C.J. Zama got called for that hold in the Brees Hall touchdown, you knew that game was over. You said there's no way that the Jets are going to win this game. They're going to let them hang around, and the Raiders are going to pull this out in a heartbreaking loss. And sure as shit, that's exactly what happened. You look at the drives from the first part of the from the first part of the game and into the second half. The first drive, the Jets, Jets actually move the ball. They get Garrett Wilson going. He makes an incredible play. Goes for forty plus yards down the right sideline. Boom! Max Crosby wrecks a play. Zach Wilson Zach Wilson gets called for intentional grounding, and Jets are set back. Field goal. Next drive, CJ Uzama holds on the Garrett Wilson reverse. Garrett Wilson drops the next pass on second and long. They get into third and long. Again, there they are. Done. Got to take a field goal. Third drive. Whitehead makes an incredible play. Doesn't know where the hell he is when he gets up and tries to run backwards for whatever reason, but neither here nor there. Gets up and gives the Jets a short field. They start from the 25 or 30-yard line, whatever it was. They got a short field. This should be prime time. You go up 13-3 to here, this game is over. You can let the defensive line eat. Aiden O'Connell will not be able to bring this team back. But, however, the Jets have no killer instinct. Zach Wilson steps out of bounds, which a millimeter. I mean, you can't fault the guy for that, but how the hell it happens to the Jets, it just does. Brees Hall gets a touchdown. It's called back by for C.J. Uzama holding. Why the hell he was holding on that play, I have no idea. Just hit the guy. We weren't really even near the play. Just don't get, don't hook him. Don't wrap your arm around him. Just hit him. Push him. Like, it's, it's blocking one-on-one. So the touchdown gets called back. Now the Jets have first and goal from the 12 yard line. So Hackett in his infinite wisdom goes run, run, pass. Field goal, nine to three. The fourth drive, Dalvin Cook finally gets going. Then they take him out for whatever reason. This is where Aaron Rodgers shook his head after the third and one play call, the shotgun draw to Brees Hall. They get stuffed. That's it. The fifth drive. They get the ball moving a little bit. Zach Wilson scrambles for a first down. Then they miss Alan Lazard on the left sideline. It's, you know, maybe a bad throw, maybe some laziness, whatever the hell it is. Alan Lazard just feels like he's packing it in now that Aaron, you know, knowing that Aaron Rodgers ain't coming back. It's like, you know what? I don't know. So get his ass out of there. And the sixth drive, you know, they get the first down to, to Xavier Gibson. At that point, it's still nine to six. And Michael Carter gets called for the chop block. And immediately... When it gets caught, when he gets called for the chop block and they got to move the the sticks back, you know the Jets aren't doing anything. And from there, the game's over. And you know you can't even, you, you know, you, you talk about the Zach Wilson pick. Um, it was a bad read, but again, you know we, we got to start being honest with ourselves 
and understanding what Zach Wilson is. And too often, he makes the crucial mistake at a crucial time. You go back through, you know, some of these games and the Denver game, the Jets pulled it out, but driving down and he throws the pick to, you know, to Patrick Sertan. And the Giants game, he takes a sack against Kayvon Thibodeau. The Raiders game, he throws the pick to Spillane. This is just, it, it's who he is. He didn't play poorly on, on Sunday night. He really didn't. I thought he looked better. He missed some throws, sure. That's just Zach. He used his feet well. I think he's got to do more of that. I think they got to call more of that. But at the end of the day, this, you know, Hackett and Zach are leading a team that can't find the end zone in an era that's built for offenses. And I don't know what the answer is, but they got to look to change something. I get what Salah's saying. I think he's methodical in his approach. I think he is meticulous. I think he's a smart individual. And he doesn't want to make a change just for change's sake, just to pacify something. His words, I get it. At the end of the day, it's your responsibility, and you got to coach to win. You can't coach not to lose anymore. That's, And, you know, there was, there was something about him in the early part of 2021 where I really thought that he kind of had that killer instinct. I remember it was the game against Tennessee that ended up going to overtime, and if the Jets had a chance to go for two to win it at the end of the game, he said that he was going for it. I think he said that multiple times, and I like that about him. I, I like kind of having that, uh, you know, the quote-unquote riverboat Ron style where, listen, you play to win. I, I, I like that. I think more often than not, that'll get you on the better side of things. Um, I like going for the win, going for the jugular as opposed to playing not to lose. But somewhere in these two and a half years, that mentality has shifted. And uh, the race to 20 comment saw saying that they, the defense knows they have no margin for error. It's, um, you know, you're, you're playing not to lose and you're, you're banking on winning games in 2023, nine to three. And that's just not the way it's going to go. Offenses are going to figure it out. The refs are going to certainly help them. Something's got to give. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Jets, for all intents and purposes, listen, they're four and five. No one can throw in the towel in this season. I certainly am not. And and I hope that I hope to God they can prove me wrong. But it's really, really difficult to see light at the end of the tunnel here for this offense. And, and uh, you know, again, they've scored 22, 10, 10, 20, 31, 20, 13, 6, 12. That's nine games. And that's their scores. And a lot of that was aided by the defense. And it just feels like, you know, Jets fans uh, and, and really now Jets coaches were we're clinging to a throw by Zach Wilson. We're clinging to a quarter. We're clinging to two and a half quarters of, of football, uh, hoping that that's the reality. And, and we're and they are eradicating the rest from their brain, just hoping that that uh, that little snippet of hope is, is the reality. And the rest is, you know, is not. And that's just not the way to think so. That's my rant. I appreciate you guys listening. Um, uh, Steven Zantz and I will be back at some point this week. We'll kind of go through this Raiders game in a little more detail, talk about the upcoming game against the Bills, who are actually five and five, five and five, who lose a heartbreaker. So, again, the Jets being four and five right now, it's not the end of the world. They're still in a very mid AFC, you know, outside of Kansas City and and Baltimore. And Baltimore even lost one uh, on Sunday. But you know, the, the 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 division is still there to be had. A lot of things can happen. The Bills got a tough schedule ahead. The Dolphins do too. The Jets got two games against the Dolphins. So things can change. But I tell you, if uh, it's going to be really difficult at the Jets offense and, and their game plan and, and what they're doing to continue to shoot themselves in the foot continues to happen. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to dig themselves out. But 
I will do my best to stay positive, as I just tweeted out. If you uh, from the TOJ crowd, if you're if you're looking for a beacon of hope and positivity, Will Parkinson and Dalvin Osario are your guys. Um, but make sure that everyone, obviously, you guys are subscribing to Badlands. You got to commiserate with all of us. So listen to Joe, listen to Connor. Uh, you got the other guys. Um, you got Buck the Trend uh, with Dan. You got the TOJ Pod with Will. Uh, and you got TOJ Live with Zance and myself. So uh, thanks again for tuning in. Appreciate you all. Hopefully this provides you a little bit of uh, a way to to listen to someone else rant and get some of that off your chest and commiserate with me because um, I'm certainly feeling it like uh, like all the Jets fans are. But appreciate you guys and uh, have a good rest of your day. And Zance and I will be back some point this week. Thanks, guys.